1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're wrapping up the first 20 verses of Mark chapter 5 with part 3 of a message about Jesus' encounter with a legion of demons who were possessing a man in the country of the Gerasenes. We've already answered many questions about demons in Jesus' time and how they operate today. Even though we don't encounter demon-possessed people often in our time and culture, You've probably at least heard claims of someone casting demons out of someone in some faraway place, and I know you're aware that exorcisms, or at least attempted exorcisms, are a fascination of many people, and that the movie entertainment business takes advantage of it every year ad nauseum. This week, Pastor Jim will answer the question, who casts out demons today? There's a lot of confusion about this question, but you should find that the answer is pretty straightforward. Here is today's portion of the message entitled Jesus' Power Over Demons, Part 3.
0: He and his companion just didn't want to live another day without Jesus. That's understandable with what they'd been delivered from, but Jesus' response might might surprise you a little bit. Verse 19, and he did not let him. You see, Jesus was totally in charge of this situation. The the demons could do nothing until Jesus gave them permission. And this man asked permission and Jesus didn't let him. But he said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. We don't know how long um, the torment went on before the glorious deliverance by Jesus. It's certainly understandable that the one or two that were delivered wouldn't want to spend another day apart from Him. I, could, I can imagine that when they saw the relationship between Jesus and His, disi- and his disciples, they, they saw the kind of fellowship that they knew they wanted. It's, it's fully reasonable that they wanted to go with Jesus, but... He didn't do what we probably would have done, didn't do what we probably expected in this story. Jesus doesn't take them home as a trophy. Surprisingly, he sent him to his own home and to his own people. Jesus commissioned this guy as a missionary. As a matter of fact, this is the First one that Jesus ever sent out to proclaim Him. He had not yet sent out the twelve on their preaching ministry. had not yet sent out the seventy on their preaching ministry. And He told him exactly what to do. Report to them the great things the Lord has done for you and how He had mercy on you. Hey friends, don't, don't complicate things. Don't be afraid of being an evangelist. You know what it takes? Tell people the great things the Lord has done for you and how He had mercy on you. Now, you might not have been a naked, raving maniac living in a cemetery. Okay? That part of the testimony probably has to be modified to fit you but you were 100% totally alienated from God, absolutely incapable of saving yourself, dead in your trespasses and sin, and God in His great mercy reached out to you. That's the message. Well, how can I have that? Well, there's one way you can have that. Through Christ. Through Christ alone. He is the one and only Savior. Can you imagine what it was like when that man or these two guys went home, don't you think the parents, if they were still alive, the, the siblings, the former neighbors, would have been astounded after all that they had seen and heard about what it was like? What was the testimony? Oh, I was a naked maniac living in the tombs terrorizing people until I met the man named Jesus. Pretty compelling. You want to hear about him? We know that this guy's faith, by the way, was genuine, unlike others that we have seen, even in the Gospel of Mark, because what's the evidence of true faith? It's obedience. And this guy uh, obeyed the Lord right away. Chapter 5, verse 20, the end of our text. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him and Everyone was amazed. Decapolis was a loose confederation of ten Gentile cities. That's what Decapolis means. Deca, ten, polis, city. That was a little region east of the Jordan River, south of the Sea of Galilee and north of the the Dead Sea, so on the other side of the Jordan River from Israel. Now, don't underestimate... The value of one person, the significance of one person, the, sig- the impact of one person. Don't underestimate what your testimony might mean to someone. When we get to the end of Mark 7 and the beginning of Mark 8, I'm not going to go there now, but you're going to see that later in his ministry, Jesus came into the region of Decapolis. He's on the edge of that now in, outside of Uh, Gerasa and Gadara but when he goes there later instead of the whole city coming out and saying go away get out of here you scare us instead this massive crowd comes to hear him teach what broke the ice it's pretty obvious it's recorded here in the flow of the book for us to see It was the seed that was scattered by the former demoniac or two. It reminds me of the the impact that Daniel seems to have had in, in Babylon. Daniel was in Babylon a lot longer than Jesus was in the region of the Gerasenes. But when Jesus is born, the Magi come from Persia? And they want to meet him who is born the king of the Jews. How did they know about that? From Daniel? His impact lasted through all of those all of those years I, i've also heard that In the era of the apostles, as the church began to spread out beyond Jerusalem and Judea and began to go into Gentile regions, that in the region of Decapolis, the response to the gospel was much more enthusiastic than in many areas. And it began with the testimony of this one guy or these two guys. We don't know if they were brothers. We don't know if they're friends. We don't even know if they were from the same place or not. But God used them explain what His mercy could do. All right, so the provoke the pastor question that we started out with was, Jesus casts out demons. Who casts out demons now? So, here is your bonus section. You know I wouldn't let you out a half hour early. What is it that delivers people from Satan's power today? Uh, can a person be demon-possessed today? Yes. It's pretty rare for it to come with all of the phenomena that you see in this situation of the, the superhuman strength and the, the raving mania and the the self-destruction thing and uh, the uh, running around naked and, and uh, being uncontrollable. But yeah, demon-possession can happen. So, let me give you a little background and then I'll I'll bring it in for a landing and I think this will be worth your while. And it is meant also to be a corrective to some things that are taught in our generation that are very dangerous. Let's start with what is a demon? A demon is an angel. An angel who fell with Satan in his rebellion against God. There are two primary passages uh, that that summarize some of the important background about demons. Matthew twenty five forty one. This is a record of things after the second coming of Christ, but uh, pick it up without paying a lot of attention to the story that leads up to it because I want to pick out the part about what a demon is. It says, "...then He, Jesus, will also say to those on His left, Depart from Me, accursed ones, into, the eternal, into eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil..." And his angels, same word, angelos, that's used for the holy angels. Demons are angels, spirit beings who chose to go with Satan in his rebellion against God, and they've chosen to be loyal to him in the ongoing fight against God, against God's people, and against God's plans. And that verse, Matthew twenty-five forty-one, says the demons will share Satan's eternal punishment in the lake of fire forever and ever. The other passage is in the book of Revelation. It's in a portion of the book of Revelation that is kind of a a sidebar or a a flashback. gives a little historical background to some of the things going on there. And in Revelation chapter 3, Uh, chapter 12, rather, verses 3 and 4, and then down in verse 9, uh, we have this explanation of some stuff that's going on in Revelation. Then another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. Wish I could go show you the significance of all of that, but it doesn't fit for today. And on his head were seven diadems. And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. How do we know that about a third of the angels that God created rebelled with Satan. That one verse. That's it. The idea of his tail swept them away. The idea is they're following him. It's a a picture of that. And then you skip down to verse 9 in Revelation 12. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.